0: Hey, here's a quick word about our presenting sponsor, Wagoner Financial. It doesn't matter where you are in your mindset as far as planning for your future. Or what stage of your life. Or what stage of your life. Talk to the folks uh, at Wagoner Financial. I'll tell you what, Eric, Kylie, Nancy, Alex, Catherine, they're uh, all uh, fantastic yeah, they, they people. they got a pretty sharp crew. Yeah, here. and they got bright smile from Barb when you walk into the door. Absolutely. I'd see your folks at uh, Wagoner Financial or give them a call. They'll help you out and, and set you up for your future. wagoner financialcom welcome back to another episode of taking it next level with luke miller and tom crawford part of the crawford podcasting network tom crawford glad to have you here
1: again my friend oh it's great to be back luke and every one of these episodes i learn a lot and it seems like we're not even doing a podcast we're just picking the brains of these experts that we're having on our show
0: it's really fun right it's like sitting down and just having a conversation with friends
1: that's that's when you know you got good radio going
0: on that that's true that's your measuring stick well and speaking of sitting down and talking with your friends. We have a really good friend with us today, an outstanding guy by the name of John Serrano of Wit and Craft, a small creative agency out of Grand Rapids. I love the
1: name, Wit and Craft.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get into that because I think it's it's one of the reasons why I want to have John on, because I want to talk to him about just the whole creative process and and the way that he specifically does things. John, welcome to the podcast.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, and thanks for driving up and being here on site.
2: <laughs> yes, that's handy.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic for us. <laughs> I know, I know. John, tell us a little bit about Wittencraft, and maybe give us give us some of that uh, ninety second elevator pitch on on you and uh, your career path.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, Wittencraft is about five years old now. We're four and a half, five, going on five years old. Uh, we're a creative agency. We call ourselves a creative agency, um, but we specialize in brand. Uh, and that's brand strategy all the way through uh, the design and the implementation of the brand for um, some different companies. And um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much us in a nutshell. I, we, we feel like we do it better than a lot of people. We have a good process that we've developed throughout the years. Um, my business partner is also my wife. And we were talking about this a little bit before. <laughs> yeah. This will be the fourth agency that we've worked at together, you know, hopefully, the last. That's one solid marriage, I'll tell you. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. My my we, wife and I have
0: unequivocally said that we could not work together.
1: That's. I, I got to ask you. Yeah. So when you're done with work and you go home and you're at the dinner table, whatever. Are you one of those
2: disciplined ones that you cannot talk shop? You know, there's uh, there's a lot of people out there that talk about work life balance, and for me, it's it's just life. And so what? You merge happens them all together work,
1: all day long then.
2: Well, you know, we have different life. We have a different life outside of work. And so when we're in the office, we're all business. Um, when we're at home, it's, it's a little bit of a different story. We have two kids. Okay. But we, we do bring home, work home with us. Right. Which I think is kind of special, too, because, you know, I've, we've got two kids, a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. And we try and make them a part of the business, too. And so, you know, their second home is our office and they come in and kind of have the run of the place. And uh, funny story, um, it was a couple, a couple nights ago, um, uh, my youngest Enzo was talking to me and I'm wearing this hat. I'm wearing a hat right now with the Wittencraft logo on it. And he goes, dad, I want a Wittencraft hat. I said, for sure, man, I'll get you a Wittencraft hat. And uh, kind of morphed into a conversation of what are you going to do when you grow up? And he goes, oh, I think when I grow up, I'm going to work at Wittencraft. Wow. <laughs> said, so he's said, already doing his internship right he now. He is, yeah. yeah. I said, oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. What do, you, what do you think you're going to do there? You know, because I, I want to know, like, do my kids have an understanding of what we do? And right. I don't know if they do, you know. And uh, he goes, he goes, well. I want to design buildings. I'm going to be an architect. Oh, wow. Right. I know. So I'm thinking, all right, I got to sock a little bit more away for college now. Right. And, um, um, but you know, it's like, it's a, it's an all out family business. We try to involve the kids because when we're talking about this stuff around the dinner table, it's important, you know, and I want them to feel a part of that too. Every much as, um, as uh as we are in building the business right
1: so uh, i'm curious on on how you came up with the name wit and craft because I'm, I'm i'm big on wit
2: yeah I'm thank you on, yeah. yeah and
1: i'm big on, and i'll tell you why because humor i think has in all kinds of branding and advertising there's got to be some element because i call it infotainment that luke probably it's, gets tired of me referencing that but not, I think yeah. not it's at important. All. Not all i think it's really <laughs> important is that part of the that name. Well,
0: I'm actually going to hijack hmm. this part in just a little bit because so John told me um, a, a funny story, um, a joke about the name uh, oh. a, a few years ago. Okay. And um, when he introduced his wife to me, and he said, This is the wit part of Wittgengraft.
1: Ah.
2: That's absolutely true. I mean, okay, so wit stands for a couple of things. And one, yes, it is sense of humor, but it's quick. It's quickness, you know, and it's... Um, quick a, wit. It's quick wit, yeah. It's it's smart. It's those quick comebacks. and um, And that's where my wife comes in. I mean, if we're all honest here, she's the brains of the operation, and yeah. I'm just... I'm just sitting in the back room drawing pictures, you know, and um, so that's why I told me everything (laughs) works. It it, it, it just works. And and
0: obviously they, they completely understand what each other's role is. Ah, So we do.
2: Yeah. And, you know, that's another interesting thing too, because in this, um, in this world of ours in the agency world or in the, you know, in the design world, it's you work a lot of hours and, um, having a partner, not just a business partner, but a life partner that understands that I might not be home for dinner for right. a couple nights in a row, you know, cause I'm doing what's best for the client right now. And, um, I'm working on a deadline, you know, she understands that. And there's going to be nights too, where she's working late or she's got to go, you know, on a business trip somewhere. And so, you know, all the more reason to bring the kids into the fold, too, because they might be spending time at the office with you. Or you might be sitting on the couch while they're watching, you know, whatever show they're into at the time and just plugging away at, at a project. And so my next question is you enjoy what you
1: do, right? So I mean, absolutely. OK, so you and your wife enjoy what you do. So when you're working those extra hours, it's not so it's not drudgery. It's oh, it? the
2: fun. That's okay. the fun.
1: Because so, most people exaggerate here, but a lot of people have the eight to five, you know, drudgery. I got to go in, you know, go to pay the bills, yeah. and um, it's it's work to have money so that they can play, and they don't they don't get a sense of satisfaction in what they do in their daily lives. So
2: if we could, if I could save for college, and you know, and do it for free, I would do it for free. You know, like if I was independently, well, I would just keep doing this. What really? I'm doing now. Well, there's your that's your measuring stick yeah. there. No,
0: for, for real. I, and I think um, you can see that even in uh, things that John does for work. Like, you know, he's really passionate about it. And, you know, he puts his personality into into everything, too.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. I try. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, and and I try, and you know, sometimes probably, you know, to as a fault, I'm, you know, putting a lot of myself in into the work and and paying attention to a lot of those details. But, you know, it's important.
1: So how, how are the the sales part when you're when I mean, you have to be a salesperson too, <laughs> right? I mean, you can do the business, you can get the Luke Millers of the yeah. world. I mean, sometimes they're already it's established and you're rock and rolling, and everything's cool. Oh my gosh. But when you have to go out and create new con, new client lists. How hard is that? is that the tougher
2: part of the it job? Is so that so the... hard? It is so I'm not a salesman, and um i you know how do you do it then? I go have drinks with people <laughs> and um and works. we talk to people, and you know like for whatever reason, like something happens, and then if there's you know magic there and there's a relationship, then you know business will come, but for me, it's not about sales it's more about like let's get to know each other relationship building. it's relationship sure. i yeah. want to sit across the table from you and i want to know like you know i just want to know about you like right. what, what are you what right. are you about you know right no that's that how can we sense. get along
0: well i mean and, and i can imagine too that um based upon what i know about you and and bill is that you you guys get a lot of referral business too right because we do yeah yeah so i mean that's i mean that's that's really the ideal model for um for an agency of any size but especially small agencies was that you um you do good work for somebody and then they refer you to somebody else or you do good work you bring in um, a partner to to address some other portion of the project and they refer business to you because you brought them on a project so it's that's kind of the cycle so
1: with that in mind is there the right amount of on your client list i mean is can there be too much work or you just that's a great thing and you just
2: subcontract it out how do you strike that balance there's never too much work. Okay, I, I kind of knew you were going to answer it that way. Um, it's, I mean, for me, it's, it's. Um, I mean, the work is the work, and the work is going to be there. But um, when we're busy, it's you know we have the luxury of choosing projects that we want to work on, and and you know sometimes.
1: Do you have to say no to
2: people? Sometimes we say no, yeah. Sometimes we say no because it's probably not the right project for us. And then, you know, when you talk about referrals, we're going to refer them on to some other partners. Like we're not a digital shop. You know, right. I don't understand that world. You know, that's not, I right. come from uh, pencil and paper and, you know, I draw my stuff, I'm analog. And, um, and so that's, that's what I understand. And people come to us and they want to start talking about social media and that sort of thing, we can talk to them on a higher level from like a brand perspective, but then we have people, partners that we can call on that are the experts to come in and sort of lead that charge. And we'll be with them every step of the way, but yeah. Right. You know, those are the types of projects that we're turning. You know, it's funny because we learned some lessons early on in, in the first couple of years, and that's where, you know, you don't turn down projects no. and you just take. Yeah, them. I do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, can, that's true. I can do that. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to call Luke. He'll tell me how to do it, I'll it. I'll call Luke. John
0: was was uh, legitimately one of the first people that I that I called and asked and and picked his brain on when tom as you as you know like i decided to do my own thing as well right. and so and i asked him like some of the more existential questions and i asked him some of the more like nitty-gritty tactical questions like what do you use to track your time things like that
2: you know and it's like right and, um, and so, he, Which so is,
1: that's important stuff you, yeah, you, yeah you have to run your business for sure
2: so important and um gosh you talk about things like Tracking your time. Like why, you know, when you're an employee, you don't understand like why that's important. When you're the owner, you need to know where the time is going. getting the billing going. out. Yeah. Or getting the billing out. Yeah. Yes. I oh, mean, yeah.
1: people think, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going to pay you unless you put something in front of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, so,
0: so john you said that um you worked at four other agencies before mm. uh all all in michigan or um or in other places
2: well i worked at more than four. Oh, okay uh, yeah it, it was uh, this is the fourth agency that my wife and i have okay. worked at together yeah. all of my work experience has been here in michigan but i started out in uh in detroit mm. and uh i was working at an agency there um, on um, Ford Motor Company, I have a big account. The agency within those walls at the time, I think they had eight hundred people. Wow, good lord! In that off. yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm this kid out of school. I went to Kendall College of Art and Design in oh, Grand, Grand Rapids. Rapids. Yeah, I grew up in Detroit, and moved to Grand Rapids to go to school. Right. And um, so you know, I'm coming from this school, and there's probably. 800 kids in the whole school, you know, and I'm moving to this office and, you know, in the bigger city. And, um, it was intimidating, but what a great experience it was. And, um, you know, you spend time in school and, and you learn all the basics and, um, it wasn't until it really, my education didn't start until I got to that agency in Detroit. And then, um, just working with those people that have, that have been in it for years and just drawing on their experience and, um, you know, making mistakes because you got to make mistakes. What was your when you specialty get... when you went to that, when you went, when you were in that big? I was a junior agency. art director. Okay. Is what, what the position was called. And basically what you do, you get teamed up with a copywriter and the account person, I'll simply totally overly simplify this. The account person comes up, gives you a creative brief that outlines the project that needs to happen. And you get with your writing partner and you guys sort of have that brainstorming session and, you know talk about things and my responsibility was layout. And so I'd put all of our ideas into, um, into a layout for, um, ads. So print advertising and, uh, and direct mail is what I was doing a lot of back then. Um, and then you go present it to the client and all this stuff and hopefully they buy off on it. And then you're printing and shooting photography and all that stuff. But, you know, I had a hand in it from the very beginning from, um, idea generation, all the way through to the, seeing it through to the end product. And that included photography, working with illustrators, um, working with production artists to make this thing happen. So, you know, you got a team of people that are, that are making your vision a reality. And it's, it was just an incredible experience.
0: Would you say that, um, you know, coming out of Kendall and starting off your career, would you say that you were more um, art minded versus like, Design-minded.
2: Uh, yes, I didn't know and, design then.
0: Right, and, and and so just so to clarify for um, for everybody, like what how I mean that is is that I think like um, one of the things that I've come across in a lot of graphic designers throughout my career mm-hmm. is that um, they're more interested in the art. Um, and the subjective part of it it. um, versus um, this is the thing that we need to get accomplished and we need to design it very well for the purposes of what we're what we're doing right Right. and so and that's and that's considerably different and and um, neither is is less or more important right it's just what what do we need for the context of the thing that we're doing and um, and I think that a lot a lot of um, um, art students come out to do des- uh, the design and they're not quite as prepared for that other, other role. Cause it's much more fast paced and less like, you know, well, you
2: learn about- it, you learn it through experience. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, what they teach you in art school is high concept stuff and they teach you the programs, you know, you got to learn your tool set. Um, but then they also teach you how to think creatively. Um, where, you know, maybe students coming out or the lessons that you learn in your first couple of jobs is practical design. Why, you know, why am I doing this? For who am I doing this? And uh, what messages are going to speak to them? And, um, you know, that's really, that's what gets my juices flowing in the morning is like figuring out those problems. And so I learned those lessons in that big agency. And then after a couple of years of that, I had, a um, I just had this thought, like man, I felt this pull of West Michigan, and I wanted to get back to um, to Grand Rapids because it was a growing city. Oh, it's at a the great town. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love it. I haven't looked back. Yeah, I haven't looked back. I don't think I could live anywhere else. It's the best town in the United States, no, in my oh, opinion. Oh boy, he could work yeah. for the Chamber of Commerce, you know, John. I want to ask you. I mean, I,
1: you, when you were at Kendall, I mean, there was technology aspects of yeah. it, but I mean, you've been removed from that a little bit. How have you adjusted? To so all the technology advances. You know, it's great, funny. Because you're talking about print and all that stuff. And yes, the, I yeah. assume there's not a lot of print these days. It's we more do of a, more, looking on
2: screens, right? We mm-hmm. do we do more print in at Wittencraft than anything else right now. Really?
1: We do. Yeah. But how, how, from a technology
2: standpoint, has that been a challenge for you? Or are you a technical type person? It really hasn't. In fact... Um, Coming out of school, I was everything technology. Okay. Give me the latest and greatest. Like, I want to learn, Okay, you're one of those. You're like, I was. I was one of those. And then I learned really quickly that it can be a crutch. And so I had to go back and relearn my craft, you know, and start studying. Um, those folks that come before you and and a couple of na- like a couple of my heroes are a guy by the name of Saul Bass from you know in the 1960s or Paul Rand um, and these guys they didn't have the computer, but they right. designed the most iconic logos and identities that um, that we know that still live today, you know forty fifty years old and um, and so i I kind of developed this passion for how did they do it? Right. If they didn't have the computer, how did they design, you know, design these things and, um, give it a life that has lasted, you know, that stood the test of time really. And so, um, I, I basically relearned my craft and, and this was, I think I had this epiphany when I was, gosh, turning in my late twenties or something. And so I put the computer aside for a while and I picked up a pencil and, uh, some tracing paper and, you know, I had my notebooks, and then I just started drawing pictures again, and it has been the most liberating, freeing experience wow, ever. It's just shaped, you know, it's shaped my career from then on forward, and um, it helped me develop a process that we still use uh, today at Wit and Craft. You went back to the basics. There. Well, and, totally. and and
0: John will use um, some old techniques in. Um, developing some of those materials too. So, like, um, you know, how many times have you heard recently, Tom, of people doing old school typesetting in order to print? Oh um, my gosh. Character, characters and print pieces. I mean, he's done some really amazing stuff from a visual standpoint and from a, a a solid printed uh, material standpoint using very um, dated
2: techniques, but the the, the result is amazing. But you have to understand that stuff. And um, we do two projects a year at Witten Craft that are just for us. And we give them away. I brought posters for you guys today. So we give them away, but we do it because it helps us practice that craft. Okay. One of them is a Christmas card, which is going on press pretty soon. But we print that on a hundred, it's like a hundred year old or a hundred ten year old letter press machine. And my friend Gracie in Grand Rapids, you know, she's got two of those in her shop. And we go down there and uh, we'll print those together. And it's, it's you know, big machines um, interacting with paper and ink and, you know, all these elements coming together. And that's where you get this, um, you get a sense of history, you know. And right. there's a history behind what we do. And there's a craft.
1: Yeah, but... but- you know, we're in a screens world, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Luke and I talk about it all the time between, you know, between the tablets and the phones, sure. and we're like we're looking at our, some of our notes here for our podcast, and I'm looking at a screen, <laughs> and I mean, you've had it. I mean, there, it's not all. It's not. It, are the younger people saying, are they grasping onto the hard copy type of
2: promo, or is it? Is that well, old school? I hope so. I mean, I think I. You know, I think. We are very lucky right now because we have certain tools that those that came before us don't. And, you know, we can rapidly iterate our designs and make them better a lot faster okay. than, um, than what they can. So I think it's really important to embrace the technology. Um, it, it's, our, it's our toolbox. You know, we, we need to understand it and we have to be up to date and current on all that stuff. Um, but conversely, I think it's um, even more important to understand where all that stuff came from. And, um, you know, not to get too technical with it, but it's like understanding uh, the term leading, you know, leading in type, and it's a space between lines of yeah, type, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, that term came from, because they used to use bars of lead to um, create that space on the printing press. And some dude would be there and um, setting... That bar of lead in the text and just meticulously uh, making sure that, you know, the text is laid in there just right so that it will print perfectly and, you know, is readable. And you got to understand that stuff.
1: Sure.
0: One of the reasons why those concepts are maybe more important now, um, we're literally going through this process with um, um, with a, a client right now, Tom. They need to have their website be... ADA compliant Mm. and so a lot of the requirements for ADA compliance is basically it's almost like common sense like design stuff where you the letting's got to be such and such. The spacing between uh, between uh, um, characters needs to be like this because it needs to be more accessible for people who are older or for people who have, um, you know, vision problems and, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, color balances, things like that. Yeah. And those are all very—correct um, me if I'm wrong, John, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like those are all very classic design and— cl- old school technique is kind of rearing their head again. Saying This is not only a better way to, um, to help people who might have some
2: challenges, but it's just good design. I think it's good design. I think the more important, um, point to make here is it's good design to understand your target audience. Yeah. Fair. And, um, and know that, you know, maybe they have some vision problems or something. We have a client and it's, um, um, it, they're they're a healthcare client um, and they deal mainly with older older folks and um, man like we've got a special pair of glasses that we bought and they're like tinted yellow and we wear them and if we they're they're made to help you um, uh, think about contrast right yeah. and we wear them as we're designing pieces and um, if. If we can't read what's on the screen, we know that our audience can't Interesting. read it. And so it's important. I mean, if you're spending the time to Well, put you're
1: talking about aging population here. You know, well, baby boomers. True. Yeah. I mean, So you're probably talking to those people as much as... Because the 100%. younger people, I mean, those numbers are going down. Yeah. We're seeing this in the school systems right now. Right, numbers are, are just going down. I'm curious to know, John, about... Separating yourself from your competition. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, you got clients, and you, you're not a huge fan of yeah. selling, but you do have to do that. I mean, yep. how, how do you differentiate your agency from a, a number of other ones that I know are in the business?
2: Yeah, well, it's a good question. Well, we've got a Wit and Craft. We've got a secret secret weapon, and that's um, and that's my wife. Okay, and I, I'm not just saying that. Like, I I honestly believe it. Um, you know, we were joking. Like, she's the brains of the operation, but she really is she's the strategist and, um, she's the one that's asking the clients, uh, some very hard questions and mining this data that will help us inform, um, inform our design so that we are speaking to the right audience or developing the right messaging platform and all that stuff. But, um, she's the one that's doing the hard work. Now I say that, um, She's one of the only people in the Grand Rapids area that can do what she does. And um and so that's really special to us because it's uh it's something that everybody needs and few can supply it. So right. and what is that? The brand strategy works. So oh, gotcha. brand positioning, yep. um, that sort of thing. Now, um, I'm
0: really surprised that in a market like Grand Rapids, there's not more Um, actual like brand strategists and things like that, yeah.
1: That's kind of a little mini Chicago going on now. Now, with a a lot of creative agencies there,
2: there are a lot of creative agencies there, and a lot of really good creative agencies. Um, and there's there's a lot of designers in that town. I mean, it's a town we have Steelcase and we have Herman Miller, and we have Hayworth, and like all of these design centric companies, Wolverine, Wolverine Worldwide, Yeah. 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 And um, so we attract creative folks.
1: And do you, do you feed into Kalamazoo, too, at, at all or not? Well, sure. I mean,
2: Which we is don't. A growing yeah, town. It, it is a growing town. Um, I don't have much exposure to Kalamazoo uh-huh. at the moment. But um, but yeah, I mean, West Michigan is it, It's kind of. Grand Rapids yeah. and then the lakeshore, and then you know, down to Kalamazoo. And you know, I think we're kind of all you're together. all at
1: the Rockford, Hudsonville, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, Holland. I mean, that's that's a pretty good, growing, stable uh, economy.
2: Holy population, smokes. and growing is the right word, yeah. Too. I mean, just gangbusters right now.
0: So, John, um, going back to a theme that Tom was talking about before with um, online and digital. Being someone who is uh, creative minded, and and you've done a lot more um, of recent uh, in 2019 uh, with digital marketing, just for your, for wit and Craft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that um, that I was I was wondering about, and I know Tom does too, is just um, especially as a creator and being creative minded, um, you put yourself out there um, for judgment in the things that you that you make. You know, how do you grapple with that um, in your yourself. And, and what's your, what's your opinion on that just from a, uh, a broad internet perspective? You know, we know that, that everything that gets put out on, um, onto the world wide web just gets, um, you know, dissected yeah. at any, at any point.
2: Well, you know, there's a, there's a big aspect to that, that I think if you just post something online and expect people to comment on it, you're, they're missing 90% of the story in the work. And um, so that's really important. That's an important point to make. So this is one of the reasons why we're a very award-centric industry, and people you love are. getting their oh, awards. Yeah, yeah. And all yeah. Oh my god, I I don't buy into it, man. Like I I, I just I think um, um, like throwing something out there to the internet. If you if you submit something to the to the award shows they're missing 90% of the story. And it's all of the strategic work that goes in and all the behind the scenes stuff. And so what happens is nobody understands what problem you're solving. Nobody understands the target audience that you're speaking to. They don't really know your client's position in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And, um, what are
1: they based on? How, How do
2: you win those awards? How do you? Well, I to, so that's why it's all subjective, too. Yeah you. yeah, you know, it's and um and, and those agencies
1: spend a lot of time. They'll take manpower
2: preparing those. I've worked at those agencies. You know, yeah, they'll they'll
1: dedicate. something just for entering contests. That's right. Or you know, competitions like that. When that's you can right. tell
0: the agencies that are, um, I don't want to speak too harshly, but you can tell the agencies that um, that do work to win awards versus do work to, um, well, (laughs) well, and do work to, uh, to accomplish the the goal of, of the client, you know?
2: Right. And that's exactly it. And you asked about our differentiator and, you know, I mentioned my wife and she's the one that's going through behind the scenes and, um, developing those messaging platforms or those creative briefs that are informing the work, you know, in the long run. And that's, what's important to me. Like we're going to set goals, and if our work is exceeding those goals that we set, then we've done something right. Um, and then I don't care. Like the internet, um, anybody else can comment on them, and it doesn't matter to me because I've worked with my I've worked with my clients, and um, we've figured out what what problems we need to solve, and then we went and solved them. You know, yeah. or you know, we're we're finding that maybe we need to tweak the messaging. Well, do do we clients.
1: There. John, do they look at hey? What have you won for me lately? I mean, do, do they get caught up in who's winning the awards as far as deciding on an agency or? You or know, not?
2: I haven't. I haven't run into. Well, then if you haven't run into it, then they don't. That's a good thing. Right. <laughs> and maybe maybe they do. I don't know. So yeah. I think um, you know if we're doing our job right and we're working we're working hard for our client because that's what we're doing it for. It's for them and it's right. for their business. Um, and they're seeing successes who cares about a Yeah, it's probably
1: the referral thing that works
0: better sure. than that yeah yeah think. absolutely absolutely
2: yeah. um is yeah. it nice to be recognized though yeah yeah, yeah that might be for more sure. egocentric yeah. type thing driven yeah, motivation right. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just sure. a hunch <laughs> for sure
0: um you know so and you asked John and John, you talk, you talked about it a little bit just just now about like the kind of the differentiating piece. And you know, as I said at the at the top of the episode, you know, what I believe to be part, one of the um, differentiators of um, John and Wittencraft is that you know, to the conversation about winning awards versus doing good work, I think John and his group does a really good job, a great job. Of telling the story, kind of like what he said, and also being a really good customer advocate, being a brand advocate for his clients, and I think that um, in doing so, and this is one of the things that I I would love for you to talk about, John, mm-hmm. is is how you are able to um, develop these really genuine um, voice of the customer, um, uh, genuine brand experiences.
2: Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean that is. Um I mean, that's probably the cornerstone of our business is... And it's
0: not an easy thing.
2: It is very difficult to get to. But as a brand guy, I feel like a strong brand can make or break any business. And I think a lot of businesses um, don't start thinking about it until maybe they've they've reached a certain number of sales or, or whatever. I've found that you can reach a lot of successes or find those, um, find the, um, the I, I call them hidden truths, right? Um, when, you, when you start asking those questions like, why am I here? Why did we create this business? And then figure out a way to um, talk about that with their customer base. You know, it's all a big conversation, but it's mining that data first that is really important. So case in point, I got a buddy... Um, another reason for starting our business is like, I like relationships. I like to talk to people. And so all of our clients kind of become our friends too. (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's been really great. So I've got a buddy, his name is Joe. He, um, he started a company called Crow's Nest, uh, Oak Barrels. And he was in marketing and a corporate gig um, decided that he was not passionate about marketing or the corporate side of things. And so we were talking one day and I'm like, well, you, you know, like what gets you up in the morning? What do you want to do? He goes, um, he goes, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I want to make, I want to make oak barrels. I'm like, what the, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a market for this? Like, yeah. are people buying oak barrels? And then he starts telling me all about everything I needed to know about what goes into an oak barrel. So uh, I'll spare you guys all the details, but I got to get into it a little bit. Number one, all whiskey is made from the same ingredients. Uh, I'm sorry. All bourbon is made from the same ingredients. Okay. The one thing that, uh, that gives it about 80% of its flavor is the barrel that it sits in for years. Okay. Um, how you manipulate that flavor is through, um, different levels of char. So when you're firing the barrel and, um, you're burning the inside edge of the barrel, um, the, um, it's all got to be American white Oak, right? And it's all got to be aged in Missouri and there's all these different rules. So, Um, he understands all that. And then he understands how, how, um, how long he has to char it to meet a certain plate flavor profile or draw out the sugars that are sitting within the wood. And so he's telling me all this stuff and I'm kind of glazing over. I'm like, dude, I do not need to know all that stuff (laughs) about Oak. (laughs) I'm not even an Oak guy. (laughs) I like walnut, but you can't age whiskey in it. And, um, and so anyway, we're talking about it and and he won me over. I'm like, well, geez, man, I mean, with all that knowledge and all that stuff, go make your barrels. Like, we'll figure this out. Like, this is easy. We can, you know, you've got the passion for it. So he did. And he started a cooperage. That's a cooper is a guy that makes oak barrels. And then we decided to, um, start working together and figure out his, his market and how he sets himself apart. This is a this is a very long way to answer your question, Luke. So I <laughs> no, promise <that's> <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, and so enter Lissa and and you know the strategic team and all that stuff, and we start asking them hard questions, like, okay, um, who's your competition? Number one, like I think a lot of a lot of um, companies out there don't understand who their competition is, and it's primary competition and it's secondary competition, and you know some other things out there that are just trying to steal your business away from you or, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. He goes, well, okay, so there's probably, and this was at the time, there's probably three really big cooperages around that and they're factories and they're making 90% of the barrels that are in there. And it's like, um, Independence Dave and Kelvin Cooperage and some other guy that I, I don't really I don't really know. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, that's interesting. He goes, and then there's like a slew of little guys that are trying to, that are trying to make it. And I go, okay. And I said, well, who's your, who's your audience? Like, who are you talking to? Like who uses your barrel? He goes, well, okay. Um, I'm thinking more micro distillers. Cause there, there's been a lot of micro distilleries that are popping up in Michigan and other States, you know, Yeah,
0: especially, especially, especially Michigan. Yep. Yeah.
2: Especially Michigan, yeah and creating some really good bourbons and rye whiskeys. I don't know if you guys are mm-hmm. into that stuff, but holy smokes, man. I mean, some of the stuff coming out of uh, uh, Detroit City Distillery or Long Road up in Grand Rapids is just going to blow your mind. It's it's incredible. But anyway, so those are the guys that he's talking to. And we understand that. But those guys are incre- like they're craftsmen, you know, and they understand, like they're passionate. They're as passionate as Joe about making the barrel. And why did you want to do this? I was, well, I think I can make a better barrel. I said, no, why did, you know, why did you get into this? Why, why are you so passionate about this? And then we started having that discussion. Like I can make a better barrel. I understand the flavor profiles. I can work with these guys and we can develop really good tasting whiskeys, you know, that are different than the big guys down in, uh, down there in Kentucky. Right. And I said, Okay it kind of sounds to me like you're not a, you're you're not making barrels. He goes, well yeah I am. And we're standing in a shop. He goes, Yeah I am. Look, they're over there. I'm like, no, you're not making barrels. You're not I mean, yes, you are, that's the product, right? But you're a consultant. And um your your unfair advantage is that you know so much about this stuff and you're the guy that's gonna make these barrels. So you can go in and have these discussions with the micro distillers, the guys that are making the whiskey and say, all right, what are you looking to do? And then they're going to tell him and he's going to he's going to say, I can I recommend this, this and this for your barrel. And I think that, you know, if you age that for two plus years, you're going to create uh, the best whiskey you've ever tasted. And so that was our position for him. And it wasn't that, you know, the why we exist was not to make barrels. It was we exist to help micro distillers make the best bourbons. Right. And, um, and it is an important important distinction right. there. So what what does that do? Separates him from the big guys. So he's not a factory. He's the guy that's making the barrels. He's also the guy that's he's consulting with the distiller. In, yeah. He is a specialist, 100%. Those other guys that are selling 90% of the barrels around, they're the ones that are, uh, they're the factories. Like, you don't have that personal connection. You got a rep, but he's not the guy that's pounding on the rings, you know, to make the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, I forgot how I got on this well, so tangent, that's a, so No, guy. no, no. That's, that's an one. example. <laughs> well, you are you're telling us a story. That's, a lever- yeah. that's, the lever-
1: that's, that's leveraging your strength then. Totally.
2: Yeah. 100%. Well, you know, okay, I know. It was um, finding those hidden truths that, yeah. that um, make your business what it is. And every business has that story. I don't care how old or how big it well, is. Everybody's got a story. Well, and everybody, and I think everybody. yeah,
0: and I think the the important every part business, about every this every business,
2: every person, yeah, yeah,
0: and I think the important part about this for for John and, and, and to the and to the question is that, um, you know, he went through that whole process, and by getting um uh, crow's nest to tell his story, Joe to tell his story to John, and for John and his team to to really internalize it and understand it, it in turn help them tell his story on his behalf.
1: I'm curious to know how how important quote-unquote clever, is in branding. And there, I'm going to use this commercial because mm. my wife and I, we crack up every freaking time we see it. I, and I don't even know, is it at and I don't know who it is when just enough, or, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You know, the guy's getting surgery, and he's sitting there with his wife, and his kids are playing video games. The doctor comes in, guess who got reinstated? Yeah. You know, after the nurse is said, like, well, he's okay. And yeah. the wife's, like, freaking out and he's like uh are you nervous and he goes yeah uh, me too you yeah. know we'll figure it out it's so funny okay <laughs> walk,
2: I, I, walking away eh, we'll yeah figure we'll figure it out, figure I love it that. out. okay yeah.
1: that is so funny that you can watch it 20 times isn't it brilliant and you're yeah. still laughing how important is that not so much in tv app, but all advertising for branding to be memorable and memorable i guess is the word in yeah, yeah. funny and clever
2: yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's two separate things. So there's branding, and that's figuring out your story and the why that you exist and right. how you're going to present yourself to the world. And then there's advertising, which is, you know, kind of what you're, you're reacting right. to. And um, two are very important pieces of the cogs of the wheel, right? Um, but they have to work together. Um, advertising, I think both of them need to have an emotional hook, um, and so, advertising can do that because it's so outward facing, you know. And right. I think we remember. And so advertising those is a vehicle to
1: for, for is a communication tool for the branding. Is that how yeah, that works? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and that's that stuff is all built on on key insights, you know, and um, meaning somebody smarter than myself is sitting in a room figuring this stuff out putting it in onto a piece of paper, like creative brief, and then giving it to me. And then we can just, you know, me and my team just sit in a room and bat it around and, you know, have a lot of fun, but they're putting in the hard work, you know, Yeah. (laughs) the the market
0: research and all that stuff. And, and, you know, I mean, that whole aspect of like, um, what you enjoy about that ad Mm -hmm. is trying to get across this, this idea that when you think about this company, that everybody else, um, the consumer is going to have the reaction of they're okay yeah. where whereas this company is going to be beyond that it's not right it's okay. all sure. right it's not just okay and so in that that part is is a lot of what like you know what craft that this is your core value proposition is that you're always going to be better than just okay in that's fact right. you're going to be beyond just okay right. that's what your brand value and your brand message okay. is and so that's so that Crafting that message and then giving it over to the people who are who are gonna like make the ad.
1: Who are sitting around throwing, throwing the dartboard and all of a sudden that, right, moment, right. that creative moment comes in, right? And yeah. So, but, the polka but, dot shirts on yeah. Madison Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, but I I gotta ask, like, who who was that commercial for?
1: Well, I I, I didn't even know. I mean, that's my. I th- was is it AT and Do you know? I
2: don't know. So, is, is it really doing its job?
1: But that's, and that's why I bring that up. That's um, a, And
0: that's, that's, and that's a tough look for, because you know what Because I do think, I do think do that, you know what it is? I, I think it do is, you know, the ad, I, I know the ad and I think it is a, cl- a, a, a mobile phone provider, service AT&T. provider. It's yeah. AT&T. Is it? Are, are you sure? I You're think. not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, but no, but this is, and, and this is actually, um, this is actually something that is, um, should be properly debated. And I, I brought this up in, in class, um, from time to time, too, is that like I was like, was this valuable? If we can't remember, well, was it valuable? Yes. If um, it's too you, entertaining. Well, not not only is like, it, is it, did it actually accomplish its job, which was to basically um, brand itself and brand it, brand its image, uh, image and message to you. So, you, so the message and the the person and the company that that is putting it right. out are are inseparable, right? Right and in this case to your question tom maybe it was too clever it
1: was too clever and the reason i say that is because i i mean we, we were just really ecstatic my wife and i about that that ad just got re you know incorporated in and yeah. in, and uh, on national tv just in the last two weeks oh yeah and exactly. i don't know if it's a christmas thing or you know that kind of thing all of a sudden it's back
2: well, here's the important. <laughs> and it's <here's>, awesome. <laughs> it, is, uh, it, it, it was Christmas really for the funny. Crawfords when it came out. Uh, I guess
1: so. I and don't there, know. I know, but it's. So, there's uh,
2: another one with a tattoo guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm one of the tattoo yes, artists. Yes, there's and, you know, whatever. Okay. yeah. there's another version.
1: But the hospital one. That one's really the, funny. Because, and I'll tell you why, the look on the wife's face, <laughs> she's horrified. <laughs> and the husband's not too happy either. And just this, uh, you know, do cynical do cynical look on, the, on this doctor who got reinstated, it's. It's oh, so it's but I,
0: I think, <laughs> I think you're, uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun with this, but I think you're bringing up a really important point though, in the branding conversation is that if you stray too far from the context of the business, yeah. mm-hmm. then it starts to, you starts to
2: lose its power, right? For sure. And I think the important thing is you guys had an emotional response for that. So that as it is Laster. a success. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. That's emotional. And, um, and so that's, that's successful for me. What Luke is saying is, yeah, where, where do you turn that corner? How do you remember the brand now? Who's putting that out? Well, maybe How they does didn't. It fit maybe, their maybe there
1: wasn't values? enough visual. Could be. You know, know, behind. You know, maybe it was so funny, I'm laughing. I don't see at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just okay. I don't know. Maybe they're missing
2: something there. Yeah, maybe.
1: I don't really care. I just want to be entertained, <laughs> and I don't use at. But too, here's another. <laughs> here's,
2: you know, here's another thing: is um, we are living in this digital world right now, so. Um, people will probably say, Oh my God, that was hilarious. Like, what is that? And then they're going to Google it and then they're going to find themselves on YouTube and then they're going to find the whole suite of advertisements uh, of ads, and yep. then, you know, so they're going to get more impressions of that ad and that's then true. Brand awareness will rise because of it. So, uh, you know
0: what I, and, and I recall, um, a very similar example where, uh, are you familiar with the, um, uh, the Southwest airlines in flight, um, safety, safety videos?
2: i is that Southwest or was that Uh the delta
0: ones oh it was delta excuse me you're correct yeah so it's delta delta um at some point in time uh and i want to say the mid like 2000s um they started creating these really creative and entertaining and funny um in-flight safety videos because they knew what all of us know is is that when you're sitting there waiting for your flight to go to, to leave the tarmac um it is brutal right and then you have to wait through the safety talk and you're not and even all watching you're looking at magazines so they made they made these really creative and fun and funny um safety videos okay and they went viral you know you can you can go look them up on youtube and and there's just a whole series of them and i, okay. I think it really um and it really um uh, uh enamored people to
2: the, well, you Delta know what? Brand. Somebody, and, somebody had that insight and somebody, and this is what's really brilliant and about it. Yeah. They did research. To- yeah. They said, you know, look, number one, people aren't paying attention to our safety presentation. Not when they were up there in
1: the aisle doing the bump. Going. Right. No, yeah. no one
2: was looking at it. No, because you've seen it before. Like who yeah. cares, you know? And, um, and then people are cranky and they're bored and they're probably hot because before the air came on, yeah. it's, you know, 90 oh, degrees yeah. in Houston or your whatever. Knees and your front. knees are up against the chair. Your knees are up against the chair. You know, you got a screaming kid next year or whatever. Exactly. And, and so, you know, they're like, how can we make, and this is what's brilliant from a brand perspective, right? They said, how can we make our customers, the people, our passengers, how can we make their life, one, a little bit better, you know, so we can entertain them in this time? And um, and two, how do we make them Pay attention to the safety video because it's really important information when you're on a plane. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> Nobody wants to think yeah. about it, but it's important information right. to understand where those safety exits are and, uh, just in case you know, I'm not saying it's right. going to happen every right. time, but you know, it's just in case it happens. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they care about the, this. Is the brand impression from my perspective mm-hmm. is. They care about their customers enough to create a video like that that entertains them, demands their attention so that they're educating and, um, you know, hopefully forgetting about for whatever for else reason. is going yeah. on. But, yeah, I mean, that's the it. crux of it, yeah. right? It's they for safety. Yeah. And,
0: and to your point about the uh, about the whole, you know, uh, what uh, the internet and um, and digital affords us in that brand building is that you know those things can be easily searched. One person talks about it, and someone goes out and seeks it out, or they share it on YouTube and or social media, and and so those are really great ways where um, uh, you let it organically grow and spread, and 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 that's how you how you build successful brands is right. by by making it. Um, Easily digestible, but also easily shareable. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it's, they understand, they they have a, a deep understanding of who their customer are and and want to make their lives a little bit better. Um, and so that also leaves a brand impression, um, whether you realize it at the time or not, like there is a brand impression of the safety video and you're happier because of it, because somebody took the time to understand, right. it, you know.
0: So John, real quick, um, you do a really good job, and you both you and Bill and and um, both your groups do a really good job of kind of getting the core of authentic voice for your yeah. clients. Um, you know, is there is there something that's you know maybe a little little above the board of a secret that I mean, how do you guys how do you guys you know really um, cut to the core and um, and keep your clients committed to to that mentality? Because I know a lot of companies. Um, Uh, I won't say that they're not willing to, but it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable to be that
2: honest. Well, and I think it has to be a little bit uncomfortable because you are being, you got to be honest with yourself and and you have to make some, uh, you have to answer some pretty tough questions. Um, But at the core of it, a genuine brand um, is one that is honest with itself and with its customers. So our job is really easy. Our job is super easy. We go in there and ask a bunch of questions. Um, it's it's our clients who really have to put in the time and do the homework, and um, and be really brutally honest with each other to to answer those questions
0: and and decide if they're going to accept those hidden truths and the and the brutal truths, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it's not all it's not all negative though. I mean, oh sure, sure. You know, it's it's. Um, it's taking a step back and just understanding why we exist. What, do, what are we here for? Right. You know, and uh, that's really it. Like I don't think it's a big secret. It's just our there's a lot of yeah. hard work. Yeah, yeah. What is that mission?
0: Well, we were talking with John Serrano of Wit and Craft today, and um, John came up and drove up here from Grand Rapids. Um, John, Wit and Craft. Uh, what's the website?
2: It's witandcraft.com.
0: Witandcraft the, the w i t
2: a n d c r a f t dot com.
0: Perfect, all one word. Yep. Perfect, and I'm assuming that you're always looking, always looking for more work.
2: We're not going to turn it down. Uh, right. <laughs> we'll find somebody who <laughs> can do it. That's right, <laughs>
1: Tom. Um, it's good stuff, yeah. I really enjoyed talking with John.
0: John, John, fantastic guy. Didn't I tell you? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And there's it's, no it's, question.
1: A lot of great content. A lot of fun getting that content. from That's me. right.
0: So um john thank you so much for, for coming in once again wittencraft uh witandcraft.com um and uh, we really appreciate you and coming you service
1: in service clients uh wh- where's your footprint for servicing clients are you pretty much unlimited on that hey look we're living in the digital okay age, I so it right. doesn't matter i never ask a course i don't know the <laughs> answer <laughs>
0: john thanks thank you very good much
2: good job john thank you yeah and i, I I got to say killer job on the podcast. Like I, I enjoy listening. I know I was telling you guys before this thing, but um, I really enjoy the, I really enjoy the craft that you guys are putting behind this podcast. And um, I can't wait to hear more.
0: You know, we're just, we're, we're glad to have people like you come in and, um, and talk to us and tell us their stories. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, we just kind of um, ask some questions and get out of the way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank
2: you. yeah, I like to ramble. So you There's, guys figure hey, that ramble out. away.
1: Good stuff, John. <laughs> thanks so. Thanks again for coming. Yeah, thank thanks. you,
0: John.
2: That's another episode
0: of Taking the Next Level, Tom.
1: Oh yeah, we're just getting started, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the podcast with John. And my my creative juices are just going crazy. Right oh, it feels now. great.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. So, I, just uh, just a reminder to all the, all the listeners. Thank you for following us. Thank you for uh, listening to us. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, everywhere that you can get your uh, your podcast. We're probably there. So uh, make sure that you download, listen, like, and subscribe. Give us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It, it means a, a lot to us. And Tom?
1: And give us feedback. Give us feedback. Or you know, suggested guests.
0: And absolutely you know what if you have a good story to tell if you know someone who's got a great story everybody's got a story absolutely send them our way we we love it we'll take it we'll take everybody and anybody we we really enjoy talking to folks and uh and getting their stories out there um tom thanks a lot another another great episode
1: till next time